Welcome to Keep the Game Beautiful podcast. Each week, I highlight incredible people who are doing amazing things in soccer, the beautiful game. I'm Anna Turi, your host. Thank you for listening. It's hard to believe that a year has gone by since I did my first college ID camp. I can remember being really nervous and I really didn't know what to expect. When I got there, once I got through the nerves, I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot. Seeing all of the coaches and universities at the college tournament this weekend reminded me of a few things. I know that there are ways for lots of people to keep playing soccer after high school. And I also thought about how close coaches are with one another. It's a special and unique bond. All around the world, soccer brings people together. I love how today we talk about ways that soccer fans put their rivalries aside, which we know can be very competitive, to help Craig Willinger. Craig Willinger had the experience to see his favorite soccer team while fighting cancer. His friends and family continued his legacy by helping others to have the same opportunity. I think it is so important that we all remember soccer is more than just a game. It's a community and a family, and we all support each other. Enjoy today's episode. Today I talked to Emily Agata from the Craig Willinger Fund. The Craig Willinger Fund has an amazing mission to provide hope and inspiration to people when they need it most. So Emily, maybe you could start by telling me a little bit about who Craig was as a person and his illness. So Craig um, was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. He um, grew up in a time where the Baltimore Orioles were really big in town. Baltimore Orioles and Coats. And um, he grew up in a neighborhood that was really diverse. Um, a lot of ethnic immigrants um, historically back in the day. Um, and although um, his grandfather wanted him to be a pitcher for the Orioles, he learned to love the game of soccer because of the neighborhood that he lived in. So um, Craig grew up playing soccer around Baltimore neighborhoods and um, you know you could basically play in like empty lots and at the local parks and um, ended up going to um, local high school Archbishop Curley and playing soccer there and playing a little bit of soccer in college but he was the type of guy that if there was a soccer ball in front of him he was going to kick it and he talked to people that he knew and strangers about soccer and games and just loved the game. So um, Craig, um, you know, never left Baltimore. He um, spent his life here working as a realtor, raised a family, and um, in his late 30s, um, he was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Was, you know, b- big shock, and um, basically kind of turned his life upside down. He was the sole breadwinner of a blended family. He and my sister were partners and um, really was at a loss for what direction his life was going to go in and what meaning his life had knowing that he was given a cancer diagnosis and was told he'd probably have about six years to live. So um, that really kind of started the quest for him and my sister to help him find meaning in his life no matter how long it was and um, typical Baltimore they they there's a nickname for Baltimore Smaltimore because you typically cross paths with someone and they either know somebody who knows you or you know they say you can't cross paths with someone you don't have a connection to and um, you know my sister and I were at a sports related event and talking to someone who was related to the event but we didn't know and he was a soccer journalist and uh, 
topic of Craig came up and um, he was like, you know, it's a really moving story for me. Um, we're going to do something for him. And this guy, his name is Darren Rudham, he um, left the event and we were like, okay, <laughs> well, whatever, you know. So a um, couple weeks later, he came back to us and said that I belong to a local group of Liverpool supporters. And um, Baltimore has a big variety of soccer um, club supporters, and they basically, you know, have a home pub, and they watch the matches. They get up really early, and the pubs are awesome. They open up early, and um, it's wonderful camaraderie. So he went back to his supporters club, and they said, we want to raise money to send Craig to see his favorite team play at home. And that was Bayern Munich. So that was, um, I think, the fall of 2000, 2008. And then they raised money, and he traveled with my sister to see Bayern play at Allianz Field in the following, following year. It was really short turnaround. They you know, did a couple of fundraisers, and off they went. Um, Craig had finished a round of chemotherapy the previous week. And, um, you know, he sat with my sister on the plane back and said, that was better than any treatment I could have had for my cancer. You know, it just was exactly what I needed to refocus. So, um, you know, he said to her, we need to do this for someone else. And that idea pretty much drove him for, for the rest of his life. Um, it started the Craig Willinger Fund, assembled some people from the Liverpool supporter group, and um, got started. Were you surprised when they were able to raise enough money to take Craig? Shocked. I mean, literally, they were doing things like um, raffles. You know, in a pub, you know, they, they would um, get donations like gift cards from um, local businesses or individuals. And, um, you know, it was literally people were donating five bucks, ten bucks, but it, it became this incredible trip to Munich, Germany, you know, with a hotel. And they'd reached out to someone that they knew that lived in Germany that was somehow connected to their soccer club the supporter club and he met them there and took them around one day and it just all fell into place it was really shocking and amazing yeah. who decided decided to establish the fund in honor of Craig so Craig was actually the founder so he that trip back he um, you know sparked that idea and then he became like a one-man wrecking ball he's like we need to start a business we need to get a lawyer to advise us on what to do we need to become a charity and become a 501c3 we need to raise money and it was all of us basically kind of you know riding Craig's crazy energetic wave of um, excitement over providing the experience he had to other people. Um, so, you know, Craig, again, because he was born and raised in Baltimore and working as a realtor, he had a really amazing network of people from, you know, people he used to play soccer with, um, work colleagues, um, extended family, and it just became this really awesome thing that people, you know, could see how important it was to Craig and they wanted to be a part of it. So I know before we started recording, you said something about 
everyone being a volunteer. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's the special part of the Craig Willinger Fund that um, everyone involved with the fund, including the board of directors, are all volunteers. So we all have day jobs and we give our free time supporting the fund. And what that means is that we do everything soup to nuts. So we meet and decide about um, applicants and honorees. We um, do marketing events, you know, we'll staff booths. We, um, you know, do the fundraising. We'll go to pubs and do raffles. Um, and, you know, we even uh, travel with the honoree on their trip to ensure that they are getting the experience that we expect them to have. Um, you know, some of our honorees haven't left the country before, so we want to make sure as they get there they don't feel lost or confused and they don't miss an opportunity, so we're there to support them there as well. How did you decide to call them honorees? I think that, um, you know, when we thought about it, we, we really wanted to have something that, you know, to call them that felt uplifting and... Um, you know, w was something that bestowed, you know, an idea of worth. Um, I think cancer kind of takes away your personal value because an individual has to kind of put away all of the things they're hoping for in their life and just kind of do the things that are supposed to help them hopefully get healthier. So, you know, you're you're not thinking about vacation, you're thinking about, you know, how much you're spending on your health and if you need extra therapy. And, um, you know, since we deal with, with younger people, you know, there's other people in their family. And we've had honorees tell us how they, you know, they wish for things for their siblings or their parents because they know how much they've given up to support them during their illness. So in my podcast, Keep the Game Beautiful, I always start with the same three questions. So first, first, what does the beautiful game mean to you? The beautiful game means to me this um, worldwide community of people who are interconnected despite where they are or where they came from. Um, you know, through my experience with the fund, we have connected with so many friends we've never met and it's um, the word beautiful is the first thing that comes to mind that we can talk about the fund with someone who has a passion for soccer and they instantly feel connected to us. What are actions or things you do to keep the game beautiful? Um, well the big action is my support of the fund um, so I, I think just generally supporting our mission as well as sharing the story of the fund with anyone who um, wants to hear about it, frankly. Um, we um, love telling the stories of our 15 honorees. Um, we've shared um, tales of their travels all over the world. We've gone to World Cups. We've gone to a UEFA Champions League final. We've even done stuff locally. And um, I love to tell people that, you know, we often share a tale cause some tears to be shed, have some laughs, and um, love telling those stories of those experiences and in turn how, again, that beautiful soccer community has supported and uplifted the people that we're trying to help. Do you play a specific role in the fund? I serve as the chairperson, but I like to think that it's kind of just 
you know, I, I don't really see myself very different from the other board members in the charity. Um, but I should say that um, Craig served as chairperson from the founding until he passed away in 2012. So that title was passed on to me after he passed away. So I take it pretty seriously. How do you encourage others to keep the game beautiful? I think that, um, you know, through the Craig Willinger Fund and through us meeting um, people, um, you know, soccer a fandom can be pretty passionate and um, sometimes it gets a little, what word do I want to say? Some people sometimes uh, really like to promote their team and club, so I think that we are kind of a unifying force. Um, we. Um, for instance, we did a, an event on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas here, which is a big soccer um, day in England. And um, we took a bus and went to all the different pub watches in the city and invited anyone from the pub watch that we were at to follow us to the next one so we could visit with other clubs. Um, so it's, you know, pretty typical that you're just going to watch your own match and sometimes you go home but we were encouraging people to come along and participate and you know come and hang out with other supporters clubs so you know I think for us and for me it's just you know being able to go and tell stories and um, kind of be a unifier is just soccer or football if you want to call it that um, you know is the common connection between everyone. What other fundraisers are do you do or things just to get out in the community? So um, fundraising for us is usually um, on a small scale which is kind of surprising since we've done things like travel to South Africa and Brazil um, but generally we we do events throughout the year. Um, one of our um, annual events is a foot golf tournament. Um, if people don't know foot golf it's golf with soccer ball and there are foot golf courses popping up all over the U.S. so we do that which is really popular with our supporters since most of them a good chunk of them like to play soccer as well um, and we do smaller scale things like watches game watches and um, then other than that we are just going out and sharing stories so um, this past year we um, honored a young lady from Texas named Dewaney Jatubo and um, she was a Manchester United fan, and um, you know we did this wonderful trip thanks to Wayne Rooney and DC United where she came here. We surprised her by introducing her to Wayne Rooney, and he surprised her, letting her know she was also traveling to England. So we share those stories, and people hear about them, and generally that drives some donations from people as well as they hear those stories and want to support the fund. How do you find honorees? So finding honorees is um, a little bit uh, word of mouth. Um, in addition, we reach out to um, medical organizations around the U.S., um, children's hospitals, and other kinds of um, organizations that work with young um, young cancer patients so um, we basically you know reach out to social workers and say hey we're out there you know as an organization that is looking for honorees to give them pretty much a no-cost trip to their dream soccer team um, so we let them know that 
Um, and then, you know, our process is that there's an application which includes a um, little bit of information about the applicant, um, their connection to soccer, um, their experience um, with cancer. And um, we actually, we started as a support for cancer patients, but then expanded our application um, rules to include any soccer fan that's had a critical illness. So um, it goes beyond cancer now. And then we ask, um, you know, some questions about their medical condition because we want to make sure if they're eligible and we select them that they can travel and they'll be comfortable. Um, so the, the big thing for us is we're looking for young soccer fans age 10 to 25 and we want to hear like Craig felt, he felt a direct connection to soccer helping him you know, overcome cancer. Um, overcome the challenges of cancer. So we want to hear stories like that. And, um, you know, Dewaney was one that she um, was playing soccer on a very high level as a high school student and unfortunately couldn't play again. And, um, you know, we had a young man, Travis, who lives in California, and, um, you know, he was playing um, keep-ups during his chemo treatment. There's a picture of him, like, you know, tied to the chemo machine, you know, with the IV and him keeping the ball up. So those are the stories we're looking for because, you know, that's exactly the type of person Craig was. He was like, I'm going to watch soccer, play soccer, do all these things because it's my escape. How do you see these trips influence the honorees when they get back? Well, you know, we see it in most. And, um, you know, although we send a CW fund chaperone with the honoree to make sure the quality of the trip is there for the honoree, it also gives us a tiny little window into the experience. So I was lucky to travel with our second honoree, Jordan Farrell, to Barcelona. And um, Barcelona was amazing in supporting our honoree, um, but she was also lucky enough to meet Leo Messi. And um, that was a super exclusive meeting. I was not allowed to attend. They actually took her to the parking garage underneath Camp Nou. And then they let her dad go, but he was, air quotes, the photographer. So um, she came back and she was literally couldn't speak she's just like dad tell her and those are the moments that we're looking for and that we see and um you know i i also traveled with a young man um sebastian project to um see arsenal play and um you know we sat down in the stadium and he was like this is nothing like tv so you know it's like being able to provide someone an experience that you know they would likely never have had without our support, um, it's pretty special, and um, we we get reinforcement from every honoree that we send, which is incredible. So going back to the volunteers a little bit, how do you get people passionate enough for this? So. Um, the original group of volunteers, um, you know, the, the board members were recruited by Craig. And, um, you know, basically we go to places. I mean, Craig knew a lot of people. So, you know, he'd go to the soccer supporters and we pulled in some people who were part of that original Liverpool group. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty, pretty quick 
process because you know by talking to someone if they're a soccer person or not. Um, so, you know, we kind of just we reach out and most people we are like friends with or are friends of friends or we've met through our soccer process, um, you know, through a, a fundraising event or something else. So, um, you know, I'm thinking of the, the 12 people we have right now and they are all members either directly tied with Craig originally or from local soccer supporter clubs. Um, so it's a pretty special group of people. <laughs> Do you find today that supporter groups are willing to help even if it's even if this honoree wants to visit some the team that they don't really like that much? Yes. And that's a great question because, like I said earlier, sometimes teams can get a little passionate about their own team, especially if, you know, we, we um, have a lot of Premier League supporter clubs in town and, um, you know, if there's a big derby game or something else happening, sometimes we like to keep people separate. <laughs> but, um, you know... Again, it's that, that universal connection through the beautiful game that, you know, we tell a story and, you know, there might be a little joke about the other club or another player, but um, generally people hear every story and they, they love it no matter what color, you know, the team is wearing or the honoree is supporting. So it's pretty special. And I think, you know, most can find, all, all of them can find, they can step outside of themselves and, and know you know, they can put themselves in the honoree's shoes and feel what they are feeling and, and see the value of the experience. Um, and and you, can, you can see people kind of get that, wow, I can't imagine going to see my club. You know, I've never been, you know, for those that have never been. So um, you can see that they, they appreciate it no matter what. How receptive are teams and players to helping your honorees? That is another special part of what we do. So, um, you know, again, I think I mentioned, maybe it was before we um, started recording, that um, our board members were really just kind of average Joes. You know, we aren't really connected to, um, you know, soccer in a professional way. But, um, you know, we slowly started with um, some little connections. We knew some people in the soccer community, so we asked them for guidance and help. And, um, you know, we reached out for our first um, honoree to um, go see the U.S. men's national team play at World Cup in South Africa. So, um, you know, we were connected with U.S. soccer um, through a few different steps and, um, they loved to hear what we were trying to do and um, facilitated us uh, doing a meet and greet with the club um, the day before their, their um, first round match. So our honoree, Katie, uh, was able to attend breakfast at the tr training grounds there with the club and took pictures and she was a goalkeeper so she has this really cool photo of her and her dad was with her and he was a goalkeeper and um, the other goalkeepers on the club and um, it was like Tim Howard at the time and someone else so um, you know U.S. soccer has been a huge supporter of ours um, they allowed us to do a um, honoree trip when the U.S. women were in Kansas City for a friendly and had our honoree Cody out um, at practice and they signed a jersey for her and took pictures with the team and 
Um, the event was at the Sporting KC Stadium, and they have a regular um, honoree of the match for every match they do, so they did that for her, and it was incredible. And, um, you know, we do not promise these encounters, these meet and greets. Um, all we do is guarantee the game. Um, hotel travel you know those little things but we do reach out to the clubs and so like I said with US soccer they've been receptive um, you know we've gone to Real Madrid and met the players um, we've you know done the Arsenal on Boxing Day and got to watch the players come in through the players entrance and um, generally every club we've reached out to they're ask you know how can we help you and find some way to make the, the trip a little bit more of a wonderful experience. Do you try and send a certain amount of honorees each year? So um, we're small. So we um, we have, I guess, an unwritten goal of trying to send one or two honorees a year. Um, but you know, things will depend on applications. Um, because we're small, our marketing is a little bit small. So if anyone's listening, we are looking for our next honoree. So we encourage you to spread the word about the fund and um, encourage anyone who might be eligible to send in an application. But, you know, we also have to, you know, maintain a budget. So, um, you know, we, we can't go crazy. Um, but um, we have, in one case, actually, um, done a complete honoree trip on a credit card because the young man was really sick and he was able to travel at the time so um, it was uh, the World Cup 2014 year where we had an honoree and we selected her to go to Brazil and he was another applicant at the time and we were only going to do the Brazil trip and then we decided no we're going to do his trip too and we we did two trips so um, you know it, it depends um, we know that we can share stories and get support, so sometimes we roll the dice like that. But it, it paid off for our honoree who unfortunately passed away the following year. But, um, you know, we were so thrilled to be able to send him on a trip, and um, he was so appreciative. And, um, you know, we did some great fundraising, and people supported him after the fact. So it was really lovely. Do you hope to expand your unwritten goal? My gut answer to that is yes, but um, not to get too businessy here, that running a charity can be a little bit complicated. And we're pretty proud of ourselves. Um, you know, we, we have a high level of integrity for what we do. We hold it very highly. So, um, you know, we don't have an office. Um, we don't have business cards. We don't want to go towards that expense when that money could be used towards a trip. So. Um, you know, I think typically for small charities like ours, if we were to expand, we'd probably need to find like a corporate partner and, you know, charities usually have to do like, you know, finances and show that certain amount of their funding goes to trips. So, you know, getting people, expanding usually means paying someone to run the charity. And so we quite, haven't quite figured out how we do that. So for now, it kind of stays in the small size. And, um, you know, in 10 years, we've done 15 honorary experiences, which I think is pretty fantastic. So you've mentioned a few stories from honorees. Would you mind sharing a few more? So I love telling stories. So, um, so we have uh, a 
we've been lucky to have 15 honorees. Um, unfortunately, two of them were um, very seriously ill and passed away. So Nolan Weber um, was one of the honorees who had um, a type of brain cancer and he was pretty sick. Um, so he um, was a Chelsea fan and um, we were able to arrange an experience for him where he traveled to London. Um, again, thanks to the beautiful game and this incredible crazy network of connected people who don't know each other but do stuff for each other. Um, we met someone virtually who had a connection to Frank Lampard and said, I know you're going to Chelsea, but I think I can arrange something for you with Frank too. So this gentleman, um, I was actually in London and arranged for a private meet and greet with Frank Lampard at the team hotel. And he spent um, almost an hour with Nolan and his family and was extremely lovely. Um, Let's see, other stories, there's so many great ones. Um, we, um, I mean, we've met, I mentioned Messi, we met Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Um, and that trip to Real Madrid was pretty cool because already our honoree, um, Zach Bach, had met the entire team. And, um, you know, we went for that meet and greet and Ronaldo wasn't there. And... Um, you know, we, again, we, we always, we see the greatness that comes through our trips, but we always tell ourselves, okay, calm down, none of this is promised, expect nothing. So we um, had, again, been connected indirectly to um, Ronaldo's PR person, and um, he wasn't there for that meet and greet, and they heard that. So they said, we, we want you to go back the next day because he'll come and, and meet him, and that is exactly what happened, which was incredible. So, um, you know, again, it goes to the fact like those are the, the top two guys in the soccer universe and they came and, you know, gave some time to a, a soccer fan who, you know, needed a little bit of a lift and they are very gracious, like, you know, people give their time. Ronaldo, you know, conversed, you know, he's knows speaks three languages. So he insisted on speaking with um, Zach and asking him where he was from and, um, you know, it's it's been everything from those things to like the U.S. women's national team. Just that's probably one of my favorite stories. So Cody um, Tut, she um, she was a U.S. women's national team honoree, and um, they are always whenever they saw her because we kind of followed them through two days. You know, talked to her and asked her questions, and um, somehow the conversation came up that she had missed celebrating her birthday in a way that she wanted to because she was getting treatment or doing other stuff so that was the training day and after the match we went to see the team um, during the press row after the game and Hope Solo walked out and stopped and she's like Cody I heard it was your birthday and we missed it and um, she's like, so she's like, I brought you a friendship bracelet that I made. And she put a friendship bracelet on Cody's wrist. And then every player that walked out came with their own bracelet. So Cody left that experience with was it 23 bracelets on plus some extras. And I just was dumbstruck by 
you know, the generosity of time that these professional women had and the organization itself, because I'm sure they had a little bit of help with that. But just to, to take the time to do that, each one of them visited with her after the match and gave her a gift. It was truly a special moment. Do you find it take, took some time to get these close, tight-knit groups? No. No, that's the weird part. You know, we, like, we, we allow an honoree to pick where they want to go, so we don't know what's coming. I mean, it's part of the application where we ask them what's cl- what clubs they follow. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's shocking, you know, to, to, you know, have someone select their trip, and then we're like, okay this is a new club, what do we do now? And, and you know, kind of follow the same path. And, um, you know, that's another story that um, Travis Hackett, the young man that I mentioned, was doing keep-ups while playing ke- chemo. He was a Leicester City fan. And we were like, Leicester City? Goodness, like, who follows them? And, you know, they he started following them um, during their rise and um, equated his cancer experience and overcoming cancer to their rise and eventual Premier League championship, which was such a compelling story. And, um, you know, Leicester being a small Premier League town, you know, they we reached out to the club. They loved the story. They did interviews. Um, the local press picked it up. BBC picked up the story. He was announced to the stadium as a mascot. You know, they invited him to be a mascot. His experience it was almost a little bit overwhelming to him because everyone loved to hear why he was there and his story. And it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. So, um, knock on wood, we've been able to go and reach out to to new clubs as they come along um, from honoree interest and and you know give people a great experience. So I know you'll head to the United Soccer Coaches Convention this year. Who do you hope to connect with there? Everyone. <laughs> so our big push this year is um, to find some honorees. Um, we uh, have a reserve right now, financially speaking. So we, we would like to find an honoree or two to send on a trip. So um, typically we go, and because it's a coaches convention, there's a lot of um, individuals that work with youth. Um, and we never want to hear that someone has been diagnosed with cancer or another serious illness. But, you know, this is our this is our um, wheelhouse here. This is the this is the audience that we're looking for. So we try and talk with coaches and um, spread the word that we're a resource for someone in that situation. And we also look for clubs. So we um, had a young honoree that we sent to AC Milan, and that was a direct result of meeting the AC Milan um, Youth Academy people at the. Um, it was the National Soccer Coaches Association at the time name, but at the convention in Baltimore, um, you know, we met um, individuals helping run that academy, and they connected us with AC Milan. And again, another young man was a mascot during a really amazing AC Milan match and had a great experience. Um, they sent a limo to pick him up at the airport. It was just amazing. So um, we want to talk to everybody. How can my listeners support you? So um, the biggest means of support is to uh, hear our story, understand our story, and share our story with people who could benefit from our um, 
honoree experience. And um, if you've got a little bit of money that you want to throw our way as well, we're a 501c3 and, um, you know, you could make a tax deductible donation. Um, You know, as I shared, we we have been thriving on small donations. So, you know, you think a five, ten dollar donation doesn't make a difference, but it has made a difference in 15 people's lives and in, you know, all of us that support the fund. So um, any little bit matters. Um, we've had um, youth clubs do like car washes for us. We've had um, adult soccer supporters clubs do events that, um, you know, they raise money for us. So we've had a zillion varieties of fundraisers, um, anything creative is great. And um, if you have any interest in um, supporting us, we would love to support your effort. You know, we could give brochures or um, give you ideas. So um, you definitely can connect with us. You know, the, the phone number on the website goes to my sister's personal phone. The email goes to my personal email. So we're all, um, you know, basically one step away if there's any questions about what we do and how you can help. So now for my final question, which I always ask, what do you hope people remember about Craig's impact to soccer and the world? I think um, I hope and Craig hoped that everyone is a passionate soccer fan and sees how wonderful the beautiful game is. Um, he, he directly related soccer to, um, you know, that, that feeling of escape and wonder and excitement and um, the fact that it could you know erase all of the nonsense that cancer or critical illness puts on your life even if it's just temporary so um, that's what I'd want to learn that that soccer is an awesome sport and um, it's it's very unifying and that you can find a community in it um, regardless of your relation to it whether you're a player or a supporter. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you connect with Craig Willinger Fund if you know someone who is struggling with illnesses that their programs can benefit from. It is so important that we support each other. Programs and experiences like this can change the world for people. Sometimes we can even come together with fans from another club for a greater cause. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and until I see you next week, remember to keep the game beautiful. Beautiful.